0: continued at scs.georgetown.edu
1: slash podcast.
0: All right, Andrew, it's time for our Patients Only Game Day podcast. As always, we are sponsored by JLD Hot Saucers and Knives. Guys, it's not too late to get a great Christmas gift. They have the best hot saucers. They have fuccolicas, Thai flavors, uh, ghost pepper reaper madness. In a one-ounce shot, if you want to melt your face, they have hot, They have the best knives for hunting, cooking, fishing. Uh, use the code SAINT to get 10% off today. Go to jldsharpsauces.com. Once again, that's jldsharpsauces.com. Andrew, we're giving this one away free, but people should really subscribe and be a patron because it's awesome. We have 50 episodes that they can listen to. And off season, man, the Saints are going to win the Super Bowl. You're going to win it if you want to listen to us enjoying it three, four times a week all off season. So pay a dollar, pay $3.28, get a magnet. It's awesome. Do it now. All right. Andrew, the Eagles did the Saints solid last night. We got to start there, man. I mean, you want, if you want to talk about the game first, we can do that. But they put the Saints now, they have, they
1: don't get home field. It's a massive disappointment. That's all I think. that's all well, there to it yeah I mean I agree I mean yeah yeah definitely um, now let's not forget in 2009 the Saints finished up yep. with three three straight losses and you know in general when you look at the climate of the league and Pittsburgh losing last week to the Raiders and San Francisco beating playoff teams and uh, you know the Giants winning a game um, you know and, and you know last night the Eagles who Basically, we're left for dead. Their backup quarterback comes in, and they go in Los Angeles and win. So, you know, all this to say, nothing's given here. And the fans are playing on the road on Monday night against the Panthers, who hate them. The uh, Panthers <laughs> they still alive for the playoffs. And I know when we have – I think fans in general have this, this habit of looking at the standings and starting to look at the schedule and assume things. And I just think that's a, that's a trap, and that's you know, and I, I'm not picking the Saints to lose. I'm not saying that they're going to lose three games in a row. In fact, I I expect them to win out. But my point in saying all this is that quarterback play is down across the league now because offensive lines are more banged up, and there's more tape out there, and the weather's getting colder. There are factors why. Uh, you know, these offenses that were rolling and dominating, well, they, they're just not doing it anymore. We're seeing it with all, not not just not just Breeze, but Goff and Wentz and all, all these superstar quarterbacks in the homes. You know, the level of play is down. Teams are starting to figure each other out. So it's going to be tough. It's going to be a challenge. Um, but, I mean, now the Saints need to win two out of three, and two out of three are at home. Um, so, you know, conceivably they could lose the night. Uh they're still in the driver's seat. Uh now if they win tonight, uh then I think home field advantage starts to look a lot better.
0: Well look, I mean it it's still a hard schedule and Carolina yeah. they're gonna give it all tonight because Carolina can can say to themselves, so, look, if we went tonight, we're seven and seven, we're still in it. You know, granted they need a lot of things to happen. But if you lose you're yeah. out. Right. They're 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 official I think they'd be officially done, perhaps. So they are gonna give their best effort. It's Monday night. They'll have a rocking crowd, I'm sure, at least to start. Um, but look, the Saints the schedule's hard these last three weeks, but they're a game ahead and have the tiebreaker, they have got to close this deal for home field. If they do not close the zeal for home field—it's going to be a mine. It's going to be amazing. Well, yeah. Time. Tell
1: tell tell them the analogy that you gave me, which I thought was spot on. Earlier I think today. it's
0: like a it's like a golf it's like a golfer, right? And you are at a four hundred yard par four, and you just whipped out the big dog driver, and you hit it three twenty, and you've got eighty yards to the flag, and you're on the you're fairway. Near, you're on the fairway, and you got a yeah. pitching wedge, and you just got to put that thing to five feet and tap it in and get your birdie. And like, if you don't,
1: just tap it in. Just give yeah, it a little tapping.
0: Tap 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 If you don't, but I mean, if you don't do it, it means you fucked up somewhere. It means you hit it like you, right. It means so another you flew like, the green.
1: Right. Like it's the only. only the way to, to basically not have home field at this point would be to, um, over the green and get get a water hazard. Yeah, land in a water hazard or whatever. Yeah, but look, but but it's possible. That that's my point. Is you know, it's it's still it's not easy. You still have to execute.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's, look, it's not like they're, it's not like they have the Rams and the Rams as much as their struggle. They get Arizona and San Francisco, where it's like a layup line.
1: You know, Yeah, I mean, I up. think we have to assume. I know San Francisco has, has looked okay, and I think we need to assume like this is it. They're not going to get any more favors. The Rams no. are going to lose again. You get,
0: you got, you got plenty of. The thing is though, they got plenty enough favors. Like they just kind of yeah. fucking finished um, yeah. it. The one thing around the league I will say is, you know, it's setting up for the Saints as far as the playoffs is the four, five, six teams are going to be Dallas, Seattle, and probably Minnesota. So no matter who the Saints play that first game, if they get the number one seed, it's going to be a revenge game. It's either going to be Seattle and if Seattle beat the Saints twice in 2013, it's Eastquake in 2010. It'd be fun to get Seattle in the dome. You got Dallas. They gave the Saints a whooping on Thursday this year. And you have Minnesota last year, the, the disaster in that last game. So there's like a ninety nine percent chance I'd say that the Saints whoever they play that first game, it's gonna be a revenge game and fans are gonna be spoiling for it and the Saints themselves
1: are gonna be locked in. Well, my dream scenario, which I told you Ralph, like for Pat Nelson, the Saints think the Super Bowl, I'm happy no matter what. So beggars aren't choosers, but uh, when I look at versus Seattle, and, and, you know, we, the Saints have had to go into Seattle twice in the playoffs, and there was the Beast Quake game, and then of course there was the year Seattle won the Super Bowl. Um, you know, and, and just how much I remember from those games and how much I hate Seattle because of it, and, you know, now they would have to come to the Dome, and we know that's a completely different story, so that, is really exciting and appealing to me.
0: And their passing
1: game is terrible. And then, and then you look at the Bears as a possibility for the NFC Championship. Saints also 0-2 against them in yep. the playoffs. Had to go to Chicago both times. You know, the first time, 16-6 game with Steve Walsh. Uh, the second time, 2006, where Brian Erlacher and, and company and Rex Grossman, oh. uh, annihilate the Saints. And, and so, they-
0: and they had the Katrina jokes the Bears fans did. That's we didn't, right. We didn't forget about that. And I want to say that ni- that 1990 playoff game is quietly very traumatic for me personally because that was probably one of the games. The Saints played in that Saints game. They
1: should have won that game.
0: They blocked a field goal to start that game in a game where both offenses were fucking terrible. The Saints blocked it and ran it back, but were offside, and it got called back. And if they'd have blocked that field goal, they'd have won that fucking game – And we think different about Jim Moore. So that's a scar from my childhood. I want
1: to exercise that. So so I think if, if I'm just talking purely historical, like it would be great to force Seattle and the Bears for once to come to New Orleans for a playoff game and take it to both of them on the way to the Super Bowl. That. That would just be the icing on the cake personally,
0: yeah, so look the NFC is setting up fantastic for the things, but they got to handle business tonight, and look we've talked about we talked about the Carolina game on Friday, and we talked about it a little we talked about it a little on the Monday show, but I just look at this game, Andrew, and the weather's going to be okay. You were telling me the weather's going to be okay tonight. I just look at it from this point of view, as far as the Panthers, man, I know they've lost five in a row, and I know the games most of the four of the games they've lost have been one score game. Hell, they went for two to win one of them, and last week they had the ball inside the 10. If they have scored a touchdown, they'd have won. They'd have beat Cleveland. So it ain't like yeah. the, it isn't like they're Atlanta, who's like totally went into a death spiral and fell apart and was bad. Carolina's just losing a bunch of close games. Now, that you can argue they've played a bunch of close games the two years previous, and their luck's just evening out. Like when you when you play a shit ton of close games, if you play 25 close games in three years, you're probably going to end up 13-12 and 12 over the country, yeah. you know. So you could say that. But to me, this game, the key is the first quarter for the Saints. If they can jump out on Carolina, that crowd is going to be surly. They're going to turn on them. And if Cam Newton can throw a pick and Saints can get out on them, that crowd is going to want to turn on them because they won't in a row. The fans are going to that game. They're hopeful, but they'll turn angry and bitter really fast. So that's well, the key to
1: me. Like, well, I think, they got to get out. I think it's hard to win close games when your quarterback is compromised, and I think that's you know, Carolina is always going to be in close games. That's that's who they are. You know, they run the ball a lot. They they play and they that's just what they do. They play in close games, and you know, I think over the years mm-hmm. because they because Cam Newton has been a pretty good running quarterback and a good two-minute drill guy. Um, they, they've been able to win a lot of those games. Well, I think right now his shoulders are a little compromised offense. He's not practicing as much. He's been missing time and practice, so that hurts with continuity and, and just timing. And so I just think in general, Carolina's a passing offense is really taking a hit. And Greg Olson's out also. So, um, you know, that all the same
0: Maybe the greatest things killer of all time. Yeah. One of the biggest yeah, certainly Yeah. He's, you make a certainly, case for him.
1: he's in the starting lineup. No doubt. Um, but but so I think offensively, you know, they just don't they, – they haven't been closing these games. Um, you know, their secondary is also very suspect, and they've lost a lot of games that way too. So that that's the reality for Carolina and why they've lost. Um, you know, for me, I look at this game, and I just look at Christian McCaffrey. He's a superstar in this league, and if there's one thing this year that has been a shining moment for that team – it's his kind of coming of age. And in year two, I feel like he's really turned it on and become a really good player. And so for the Saints, it's pretty simple. Uh, they need to stop him. And if, if you can control Christian McCaffrey, I think it becomes very difficult for Carolina, especially the way Cam is playing right now, uh, for them to, to really hurt you.
0: Yeah. And the thing is too with Carolina, you know, it's, it's, they've struggled I and mean, they lost five in a row, but you know, a month ago, I would say one of my biggest surprises of the NFL year was they hired Norv Turner and we made a lot of jokes when they hired old Norv to run their offense. And he's he helped them. Like Cam Newton, yeah. before, he, before his shoulder went to pot, he was, at his, he was having the best completion percentage he's ever had. Norv Turner had created a lot of easy throws for him with McCaffrey and DJ Moore. And they were rolling until Pittsburgh stomped them in the face and they've sort of lost a bunch of close games, you know, until Cam Newton's shoulder went to pot. He was having a great year. And you got to give a lot of credit to North Turner and that offense. I mean, it's surprising. I mean, McCaffrey, when I saw him last year, he just didn't look fast and that great. And I was like, eh, they picked him ace. He's not, eh. And I really liked him in college. I was kind of hoping the Saints would get him. And then I saw him. I was like, nah, he's not that good. I'm glad the Saints didn't. But now I look at him, I'm like, dude, he's,
1: he's. Well, if starting to use him correctly. Yeah. 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 He's but jumping. we'll we'll see, man. I, I think uh, this game's important, in Carolina, and you know, I, I, again, I think it's easy for us to write them off and say, hey, they've lost five games in a row. But I just think it's one of those things where we, every year, I feel like Carolina, we we write them off for dead, and and they have, they got this they get this little run in them at the end of the year. I yeah, all it feels like they always mm-hmm. do this, and so I think. The Saints have to be prepared. Now, here's the thing, Ralph. I think if the Saints are firing on all cylinders and they're playing their best, Carolina can't beat them. I mean, if, if Breeze comes locked in, Mark Ingram's getting it going on the ground, Kamara and Thomas are making plays, Traquan Smith's getting involved. Like if, if it's one of those games where and the Saints' defense is playing well and Eli Apple's holding up, Carolina has no chance, and the Saints will win easily. So, if if they fire on all cylinders and they come into this game playing like that, um, they'll be fine. Where it starts to get dicey, and, you know, we felt this way against Dallas. Trey smith drops a touchdown pass. Um, you know, they're a little out of sync. Bushrod gets beat on a play. Reese fumbles because Bushrod got beat. You know, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. It, you get a little funny business, and Carolina starts to get – the belief and the feeling that they can win, and the crowd starts to get into it, and then I think it's a dogfight. So that to me, it goes one of two ways: either the Saints fire on all cylinders and just kind of steamroll, or it's going to be a dogfight, and then it's a kind of a coin flip game where you're going to have to make plays at the end of the game to win. And either way, I think the Saints are still very capable of winning this game, but I, I, I just think we're. I, I'm going into this expecting that it's going to be hard. And if you're a Saints fan and you're like in the fourth quarter, ready to burn the team to the ground because it's a close game, like that's probably how it's, this is. A divisional opponent on the road, Monday Night Football, national audience. They lost to the Saints three times last year. This has been. I, I know this. Is, you you heard Cam Newton talk about this before the game. He's been he's been circled on the calendar all year for him.
0: We gotta talk, we gotta talk about his quotes, man. His quote was like, we, he dropped in that we know who the Saints really are, I think it was. Yeah. Um, so, and he talked about the juice. I think if Sean Payton, he, he'd never do it, but I would love him forever if he did. If the Saints were like housing Carolina in the third quarter, and Sean Payton had one of those
1: uh, – A juice uh, box.
0: A juice box, like an honest – Oh, like an honest kid, like an (laughs) apple juice box. Like a mod juice box. Yeah, like a mod he's Just uh, drinking out the juice box, middle of the third quarter, and the Saints are up 35 to 10. I would love it because it would just be so dick. Uh, And the national media would talk about it for, like, it would be all week. I think Pete Prisco would probably die from an aneurysm. Like, he wouldn't even finish the tweet. He would be like, classless, and he wouldn't even be able to get the exclamation points out. He'd just have an aneurysm and die. Um, and I don't wish anybody to die, but like that would be funny to me. Um, but here's the thing: that besides that, like, this, like the Saints, like Cam Newton. He, I mean, Cam Jordan he, he sent him wine after fans were, were mailing brooms to the facility after last. Like Carolina is like salty as fuck over this, and look, yeah. they should be. We would be salty too if if they if they had beaten the Saints three times last year, and Cam Newton was fucking sending Drew Reeves a bottle of wine and their fans were nailing us broke would be salty as fuck, too. So I don't, th- I don't have a problem with it. I'm just telling you how
1: it is. I mean, you look at Jerry Jones basically saying we're going to play the Saints like it's our Super Bowl. I think that's Carolina's mentality going into this game. I yeah. think for a lot of their fans, too, they remember it. They remember us dancing in the locker room and Ted Ginn having the broom and there's photos out there and I, I just think Carolina fans, man, like, they're probably saying, look, I don't care how this season goes. I know we're not winning the Super Bowl. Just beat the Saints tonight. That's all yeah. I care about. Just end this three-game three winning streak they have. Don't get swept by them. Like, try to ruin their season. And, and again, like, I just think going into this game, it's the Saints are on the road. And if you're expecting the Saints to win 30 to nothing, you're going to be disappointed.
0: No, I think I picked it. I picked it. The Saints will stretch it out. I
1: think it'll be close,
0: but I, I just think that Carolina's secondary, the struggles they have are real. Yeah. And I think the Saints can block them. And look, even when Carolina's defense is good, like in that season you know, that Carolina went 15 and 1 and went to the Super Bowl, like the Saints put up points against that defense. John so yeah. Payton just kind of – like, there are certain – Yeah, things, he always right? seems to have
1: – his game plan for Carolina, seems, he seems to always right. have it dialed in, yeah.
0: Yeah. And Even like,
1: when they're great, you're right.
0: Yeah, so, like, maybe Carolina will throw – it you know, Pittsburgh did it yesterday, where the, New England had always had Pittsburgh's number. And yeah. Pittsburgh, Mike Connell was finally like, fuck it. I'm doing something completely different. And it worked, and they shut him down. So Carolina made you do that. The one thing – the final thing I want to talk about, Andrew, is, you know – I don't think the national media and the talking heads yet have figured out that the Saints defense isn't just this. They're good enough, and the Saints are fine, and they can win. Super- like, Saints defense has been fucking rolling for six weeks. Yeah. And I saw an article on The Ringer. They were uh, – Dan Kelly, who's a really good writer, by the way, check him out. He wrote about the Saints defense like the NFL should be terrified if the Saints defense did it's good now. I don't think the national media has has caught on yet, and they still think the Saints' defense isn't that good. Because even though the Saints' defense was great against Dallas, when Dallas beat the Saints, that, like, blocked out the sun for any Saints news, right? It was going to be, you know, ESPN, because people either love or hate Dallas, they're going to cover Dallas winning 24-7. And it didn't matter that the Saints had seven sacks and held them to 13 and was great. Like, Dallas won. So the Saints, like, all the news got blocked out. I don't think the national media has quite figured out that the Saints defense, their front is fucking killing people. And unlike the Rams, the Saints can stop the run. I have a feeling that the Saints defense is going to ball tonight and tomorrow America is going to be like, oh, my, oh, my God, oh, my God. Like, if the Saints are going to score 35 and sack a quarterback five times, like, that they went in the Super Bowl, like I and, and look, you can say is that if you like that hype, I do. If you don't, you don't want to kind of the Saints to lay in the weeds or whatever. But I think there's a good possibility of that tonight. Like this Saints defense, it's been fucking rolling
1: for six weeks. Yeah, it really has. It's uh, and again, it, it really the missing ingredient was this number two corner. You know, we just needed a number two corner to hold up, and the rest was going to take care of itself because. You know, obviously Lattimore is going to do his thing. I think the Saints linebackers are very strong. They, they've played well all year. Demario Davis, what an addition he's been! But then you know Rankins and Jordan. You know the, the defensive line, but really those two guys especially uh, have been just outstanding, pro, well, Rankin, bowl, pro Bowl level players across each each uh, levels of the defense. Well,
0: here's the thing: Rankins went from from, you know, he was hurt his rookie year, but he had the back, he had the good second half, right, and he was like four sacks, and we were like, oh, yeah, next year he's going to come, he's going to be great, he's going to be great, and last year, you know, Okafor got hurt and the Red, Redskin game, so the Saints were like, hey, Rankin, we need you to play Moving and him we around, we need you yeah. to do this, we need you to do that, and, and, you know, and Rankin's being a good player, being a good team, I was like, okay, whatever, I'll do what you want, so they had him play in different spots, and, he was, and, and people that watch film, like you and Nick Underhill, are like, look. He's been really good. He's been helping the Saints a lot. But this year, he's, like, playing his spot. And him becoming a Pro Bowl-level defensive tackle where he might have double-digit sacks, you put that next to Cam Jordan, and suddenly you have a monster at defensive line. And I just think, like, America, they ain't figured it out yet. And, like, you know, you know I
1: still think Davenport, to me, if he can ascend here <laughs> as the season progresses, that's where – that that will be a no shit moment we're like i don't know what to do because (laughs) if we're going to double tam and we're going to get all this pressure up the middle from rankins you know who has this quickness and he's tough to deal with and now we've got this elite skilled end on the other side like what do we even who's a who's a freak
0: that they had covering julio jones just I don't know why they did it, but they did it, and he wasn't and he wasn't a complete disaster doing it. Like, right? The, the thing about the thing about the Saints man is, you know, look, they they their only two mistakes that I would argue that they did in the off season was they decided they weren't they wanted Kurt Coleman for Carolina, and they jumped the safety market early they signed him before even free agency started they signed him at like midnight at the combine right yeah
1: and, and they overpaid you, yeah and
0: they overpaid but they like you couldn't predict it's like hey Mickey, don't do that because the safety market is going to collapse and you're going to get the pick of anyone you want like you that'd be a hard sell you know even if me and you went from the future right and told mickey that that's the hard sell to make um so that was a mistake and probably letting Willie Sneed go, because Willie Sneed's the most dependable receiver Baltimore has by a mile. I saw him yesterday. He's back to doing Willie Willie Sneed-type stuff, and I can argue Willie Sneed is the first receiver that the Saints have ever had leave the Saints under Sean Payton and actually be good somewhere else,
1: right? Yeah,
0: yeah. Um, But besides that, man, their offseason has rolled. They got Jamar Davis, and, and they gave up the two picks for Davenport. And listen, they're going to pick at worst probably 28-29 next
1: year. I mean, Cam Meredith was probably a this
0: Yeah. Um, but I tie that into Willie Sneed. Like, you could say, yeah. well, you should have kept Sneed and just not gotten Meredith, right? Right, That's right. That's part of that. But, like, you look at all their moves, right, they're going to pick – they're probably picking – they're probably picking, I would say, anywhere from 20 – they're probably picking at worst like 30. So, let's say they win a playoff game. That means they'll pick 30. So, you're picking – they gave up. They gave up the 27th and the 30th pick for Davenport. That's a that's a huge win because I don't think Green Bay like if the Saints wanted to do that now, a team wouldn't do that. Like if the say the Saints had yeah. say the Saints had the 27. And let's say they win the Super Bowl, right? So they had, to, and, and they were going. Yeah, the, to the Packers draft.
1: wouldn't take that trade if they. Didn't, they, they would, they knew they, they would how
0: say, "27 yeah. Yeah, and 32." No, we're not doing that for we're not doing that for 14. So it worked out for the Saints, and it was a huge risk at the time because it was a lot. But when you go when you win 12, 13 games, Saints win on that. Oh, and Davenport's amazing. So their off season has been quietly fantastic. Nicky Loomis probably won't win that award because he's won it a bunch of times, and they give it to teams that go from nowhere to somewhere, right? They probably yeah. give it to pace or something, but their off season's been amazing. Uh, is it? What would you say? I have to say, I think Davis is the best guy they signed. Isn't it? That's crazy. Uh, isn't.
1: Without without question, yeah. And and I think Davis is starting to become in, in the talks. I think for best linebacker in the Sean Payton era. I mean, certainly Vilma is at the top of the list, and you know, I think Davis is going to need a couple more years to pass guys like. Lofton and Fujita and, and you know, yeah. players like that. But, I mean, he, he's playing at such a level. Um, I mean, I think Vilma's the only linebacker that's made a Pro Bowl under pace, Yeah. Right? And yeah. I, I think Davis has a good shot at, at getting that this year. So, uh, we'll see. But, um, you know, his, his season's been incredible. And I think that that's really what this team has needed on defense is a linebacker. that could run sideline to sideline. Yeah had the play recognition skills to go with it, you know? Because Anthony, he could run sideline to sideline, but uh, you know the problem was believing what he what he what he sees. You know, the the diagnosing was the issue for him. So. Yeah,
0: and and also too, like let's give credit to whoever in the Saints organization when they were like, "Look, we need a linebacker." We all know it. Whoever in the Saints organization was in the in the in the closet or whatever, watching the tape and was like, "Demario this is the guy to get." Because I remember when Saints signed him. Bill Barnwell and Pete Frisco and other people were like, and why Davis is 29? Why are you guaranteeing him $18 million? He was terrible in Cleveland, or he was good with the Jets. He went to Cleveland. He was terrible again. He went back to the Jets. He might be a guy that only fits in that Jets scheme, and I don't know what the Saints are doing here. This might be another one of these Saints linebacker freezes that they don't know what they're doing. That's what I would guess that it is. And yeah. they were all wrong. Like The Saints looked at him and was like, he does exactly what we fucking need him to do. Sign him, and they paid a premium for him. And yeah, he's 29, but like, if the Saints win the Super Bowl, even if he declines rapidly and becomes Craig Robertson for the next whatever years, and if we won't two shits. Like, yeah. Yeah. like it was that was a that was a great signing, and that and that's a signing, Andrew. That's not like a slam dunk. Well, you know, where you're coming, getting a big name guy and. You're pretty sure that it's going to work out. Like even like Warford, he was a guard, right? But you were like, he's really good. He's a guard. He's going to be fine. The Saints know what they're doing. Like, like there was there was no oh, Jamar Davis. That's a great signing. He's going to be he's going to be fantastic. That's obvious. You know that was a that was one where the Saints personnel department identified a dude that could do what they wanted and and got him and wasn't a guy that a lot of teams were chasing or whatever. And they did it, and that's the kind of, that's the kind of move that's the difference between going to the playoffs and winning the Super Bowl that it takes, you know, it's a little bit of luck, yeah. but it's still, it's, but, but that, that, that's fine to me. That's not about luck. That's about the Saints personnel department knowing exactly what they need to do. Yeah.
1: You know, the last thing I'll say is this has been the season of kicking luck for the Saints. <laughs> oh my you, God. You, you yeah. go, I mean, Greg, <laughs> Greg Zerline missed a kick against the Saints this year. Uh, Tucker missed the, the extra point to win the Baltimore game. The Cleveland, uh, the, the Cleveland kicker was a disaster. And then uh, last week, Kairos Santos. I'm just going to throw out there, Graham Gano is out and not playing. Yes, this he game. Is. So, Carolina <laughs> has a backup kicker. Look for the kicking luck to continue. That's right. That's been the X Factor all year. Yep.
0: All right, Andrew, that does it. We – uh. If depending on how the game goes, and it's late or whatever, we may or may not have a post show for you. But uh, thanks, thanks for donating, guys, that you and for people that don't. You got this free, but you can sign up and donate today. All right, we'll talk to you later.
1: Let's jump into Peppa's world of play. Look for spring flowers, hunt for muddy puddles, and bravely explore exciting places with Pepper play sets. Pepper Pig,
0: inspiring kid confidence.